Turning to him 271, how sweet and awful is the place with Christ within her door. The doors 271. <clears throat> Let's stand together as we see
Hymn 588 in the Trinity, 588. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. 588. Three psalms on it. Dale, would you help us out, please? I tried to make it so you'd have to trip over it when you walked in, but uh, Tim got by it anyway. So. <laughs> so as I mentioned last week, um, we are going to be reading Psalm 120 through 134, 15 psalms that Spurgeon calls a little psalter within the psalter. They are distinct psalms, and yet they have uh, a connection, and that connection is their superscription, or the title of each psalm is a song of ascents. 
uh, the songs of the goings up, as uh, Spurgeon puts it, in Psalm, uh, the very, uh, I think it's the second one, 122, he talks about going up to uh, Zion to worship. And in that passage, it's very clear what the, what the reason is for going up. And it is to give thanks to Yahweh, the God of Israel. Just by way of uh, explanation, I'm going to try to bring out the several themes that run throughout these psalms. Um, won't be covering all of them that I wanted to, but there just isn't time. But the way I'm going to do that is just to read verses here and there. So if it feels like I'm going too fast, don't worry about it. When we get done, we're going to go through and read uh, all 15 together. And what I want to do, my purpose is to try to point out these connections so that as we read it um, together and uh, think about it, that the Holy Spirit can bring these connections um, to our minds. I believe that's uh, one of the key th- uh, things about understanding the Bible is getting the connections from one portion to another. And not just among the Psalms, of course. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of New Testament echoes uh, here in these Psalms. And so um, keep that in mind as well. I'll begin with a quote from Spurgeon. Uh, I've already quoted his statement about it being a little psalter within a psalter, but it's not surprising that whenever the Bible is uh, commented on, there are uh, a lot of uh, a lot of conjecture about why these songs all have this title, Song of Ascents. What is the connection? Why, why do they have that? That is their connection. It's not germane um, to understanding or benefiting from these psalms that you have to know uh, why, because we don't, actually. Um, there's a lot of uh, uh, tradition that can be brought in or uh, related scriptures. I will just read uh, Spurgeon's favorite uh, explanation of these songs of the goings up, and it's by John Jeb. He says in the 13th chapter of the first book of Chronicles, that's uh, 13, chapter 13, it is related that David brought up the ark from Kirjath Jearim, that's the city of the forests, to the house of Obed Edom. The word used in the seventh verse for bringing up the ark is of the same etymology with and cognate to that which is translated degrees. That's the old King James version, a song of degrees, not a sense. So this being old. And upon this occasion, the great event was celebrated by the accompaniment of sacred music. And David and all Israel, he's quoting from the scripture now, and David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. Very musical. Again, in the 15th chapter of the same book, in the 14th verse, 
The same term, the going up term, is employed for bringing up the ark to Jerusalem. And the choral services of the Levites are mentioned in immediate connection. And in the fifth chapter of the second book of Chronicles, we are told that Solomon assembled the people at the dedication of the temple to bring up the ark, bring up, there's our word, from Zion to the temple of the Lord. So these are the songs of the goings up. Um, You will notice that these psalms are structured different than other psalms that we have been reading. William Plumer, he notes that in almost all of them, there is little or no attention to that characteristic of most Hebrew poetry, parallelism. You don't see that as much. There are exceptions, as there are to every rule, that you will uh, note some parallelism. Uh, Particularly, here's one off the top, uh, Psalm 128, uh, verse 1, where fear and walking are synonymous or parallel to each other in that verse. So you may ask, why read all 15 together? Well, I think it gives them context, context that they don't have if you read them uh, one at a time. They're all very short. Um, They average seven verses. The longest one's 18 verses. Uh, Several of them are only three verses. But whether... um, No matter what view you take of the connection uh, between these psalms and what song of degrees or song of ascents means, one thing is true for us, that we are on our way to Zion. We're on our way. At the same time, we're already there, right? You have come not to the hill that burns with, with fire and smoke, but you've come to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. And so as we um, read uh, Psalm 122, especially I like, where he talks about our feet have been standing, if you have the New King James or the ESV, if you have the NASB or the LEB or the NIV, (laughs) it says our feet are standing. This is verse 2, by the way. And then if you have the King James Version, it has shall stand. So all the verb tenses interpreters have used, and they're all true. We have stood there in the past. We are standing there now, and we will stand there. If you take a look at your feet as you sit here in this room, those feet will stand or are standing in Zion now. They will stand in Zion at the end of days, when the king of Zion comes back. So, uh, open up your Bibles, if you haven't already. Mine's falling open to 120 uh, pretty easily now. And uh, I just want to point out the first uh, thread is is Zion. And if I don't get through any of the other ones, uh, this is the one that's most important to me. And that's why I'm covering it first. I've already talked about Psalm 122 to our feet standing in Zion. And that Zion is symbolic of the kingdom of God, symbolic of the church. It's symbolic of Israel. 
and who also is the church uh, to which we have come. Psalm 125, verse 1, Zion is mentioned again. They that trust in Yahweh are as Mount Zion, cannot be removed, but abides forever. Psalm 126, 1, when Yahweh turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. That is, when they were released uh, from captivity. And yet, in verse 4, again, there is a prayer that God would turn again our captivity. I think yours might have uh, turn again our fortunes. Again, can be translated captivity. So again, here is it's already happened. God has turned our captivity, and yet we pray that our captivity will be turned. It reminds me of Hebrews 4 where it says, uh, We who have believed have entered into rest. But then in verse 6 he says, It remains that some have, it remains for some to enter into that rest. So there are people resting. There are people who need to enter into that rest. The people who have already entered in need reminded of that rest sometimes. 128.5, Yahweh shall bless you from where? From out of Zion, and you shall see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Reminds us of of, uh, Romans 11 where Paul says, All Israel shall be saved, for it is written, Out of Zion shall come the Redeemer who will turn ungodliness from Jacob. 129.5 Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. 132 uh, verse 5 Until I find out a place, was this David speaking, until I find out, or being quoted, a place for Yahweh, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob, speaking of Uh, Jerusalem and the temple that he would build there. It's the place that Yahweh loves. Verse 13 of the same chapter, 132, I will abundantly bless her provision. Well, excuse me, 13. For Yahweh has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. It's God's city. He loves it. 133, verse 3, as the dew of Hermon, And as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there Yahweh commanded the blessing. What is the blessing? Life, eternal life, life forevermore. And then Psalm 134, the whole psalm is just (laughs) uh, just the climax of of this group of psalms. And and it's just, the word escapes me, littered. With praise, it's just uh, so packed uh, with praise for Yahweh. There are other prominent themes to look at, and of course, those who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Affliction is a very prominent theme uh, throughout uh, these chapters, these songs, and we, we, we start out right in, right in Psalm 120 that his heart is heavy. He, he, the first thing he, out of his mouth is, in my distress I cried unto Yahweh. And so this whole group of psalms is taking us from 
the distress, the hands are hanging down, the knees are feeble, and to 134 where his hands are lifted up in the sanctuary, blessing the Lord. And so that's why he's so happy in Psalm 122 when they said to him, let us go uh, to the house of the Lord, because he's dwelling there, uh, a figure of speech here that uh, I wasn't familiar with, was he talks about, I dwell among those, how does he say it? I sojourn in Meshach, and I dwell in the tents of Kedar. Well, Meshach was a son of Japheth, one of the three sons of Noah. Kedar was a son of Ishmael. That's in Genesis 25:13. And Spurgeon points out that these were nomadic tribes, always at war. They were every man's hand was against his brother and every brother was against them. I won't read the the quote because my time is going to get away from me. 123 verse 4 Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Uh, Living in this world for the believer is has never been easy. It wasn't easy Thousands of years ago, it's not easy today. Psalm 124, uh, 3 and 4. Then they had swallowed us up alive when the wrath was kindled against us, a description of the uh, opposition of the wicked. And as is often the case in uh, scriptures, the Old Testament, the, the flood waters are symbolic of the the enmity of the wicked. And so he talks about the waters had gone over our souls like being uh, drowned uh, by opposition. Psalm 126.4, turn again our captivity, O Yahweh, as the streams in the south. Um, There's another uh, figure of speech there, streams in the south. Um, You might have Negev uh, in your Scriptures, they were dry areas. And if you've ever uh, been in some place like Arizona where it's very arid and driving through the deserts there, you'll notice these washouts, these very deep gullies uh, throughout. And what half what that is, I've never seen it. I've always liked to have been there when it happens. But the ground is so dry that it can't soak up moisture. So when there are, when they do get rain, a torrential rain especially, those, those uh, trenches are just filled with a gush of water coming through. And that's a beautiful, to me, a beautiful picture of God turning the captivity of the people of God. Think about, <laughs> think about that day <clears throat> when the innumerable company of people are raised from the dead and, and come flooding into Zion. What a torrent of uh, a fearful and yet glorious torrent of joy uh, coming back. And that's the prayer there. 129.3. First of all, many times they have afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. And then in verse 3, the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows and Another figure of speech, I'm 
I'm a farm boy, and I'm glad to see more uh, moldboard plows being used this fall than I've seen in the past. It's that plow that turns the ground over so that there's no uh, uh, trash left on top of the field. So it's just a nice, beautiful brown, uh, dark field. And, but that illustration, you can imagine how painful it is, would be, if you were a field, to have a plow ripping through your back. And so that is the illustration of the persecution of, of the people of God, Israel. And he says, from my youth, and it reminds us that, as Paul said in Galatians, when we were children, he's uh, talking about the Jews, when we were under the law, that um, I lost my train of thought. That our train, sorry. Yeah, the law was our schoolmaster uh, to bring us to Christ. But the illustration is that Israel, um, in the Old Testament, we were children. The church, we were children, and so that's why he's talking about um, from our youth. Psalm 132, verse one. We're still under the theme of affliction. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. And so um, we'll stop there. There's much more we could say about uh, afflictions. But I also want to, more and more lately, as I've been getting more familiar with the Psalms and reading them, finding help for prayer. You know, that old cry, Lord, teach us to pray. And so there's, there's just a lot of uh, good verses here that uh, teach us to pray to God. Surprisingly, it's not until uh, chapter 123 and verse 1 that we have the first direct address to Yahweh. And it's a prayer for uh, One and three, unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens, and have mercy upon us. That's that's the cry there. Interesting, where he says, I, I lift up my eyes to you. Uh, an, another thread of lifting up the eyes is found in 121, verse 1, where he says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? And so you want to move from looking at the challenge, the hills, to looking in verse uh, chapter 123, to looking to Yahweh, the one who dwells in the heavens. Our help is not going to come uh, from this earth. 125.4, another uh, prayer, do good, O Yahweh, unto those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. 126.4, turn again our captivity, O Yahweh, as streams in the south. already talked about that. 129.5, Yahweh is righteous. He has cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded, he prays, and turned back who hate Zion. Here's a prayer of imprecation of sorts. He's, he's praying, and this only occurred to me uh, fairly recently. I've shared it with some of you and talked about it, that there are promises 
to the children of God for good, but God has also sworn and made promises regarding the wicked. And so prayers of imprecation are really praying the promises of God, so to speak, against the wicked. Look at uh, Psalm 132, verse 8. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I, I wrote this down wrong. Eighteen. Forgot the one. <laughs> His enemies will I make, will I clothe with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. And then that was Psalm 125.3. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the light of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands to iniquity. And so, God, uh, now before we go there, 120 verses 3 and 4, uh, he talks about what will be done to you. Um, sharp arrows uh, are reserved for you there in verse 4. And then oh, 25, 5. Oh, 125.5. As for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, Yahweh shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace upon Israel. So there are prayers uh, regarding the wicked as well. As for the good, Psalm 122, verse 6, that uh, should always be our prayer. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper who love you. So, prayer meeting is very important, isn't it? Because that's where we get together and we pray for the church. We, we hear about needs of the church. It's extremely important that we, we be there and to fulfill uh, our obligation as, as, as the church. What we have covenant, covenanted together to do. Psalm 130, 1 through 4, continuing on the theme of prayers. This is one that I'm going to have you join me in reading because. Prayer of confession is extremely important, I think, in in public worship. This is probably the closest of all these psalms that we have uh, to uh, a prayer of confession. And so 1 through 4, I won't read them, and we will be getting to them. Extremely precious and uh, glorious. And then the restoration of Psalm 131.1, Yahweh, my heart is not haughty. More of a confession, really than a prayer telling God how you're feeling. Um, and my eyes are not lofty. I don't exercise myself in great matters. Interesting that this is a prayer of David. It could be called one of the statesman's prayers. I wish we had more statesmen that uh, would read these prayers and take them to heart. Psalm 127 is another one, a song of uh, ascents for Solomon, perhaps uh, by Solomon. Uh, apparently they're not sure. But uh, uh, oftentimes these are directed to uh, leaders, in uh, national leaders. Okay, well, time's uh, racing away from me. 
Just to note quickly, we won't read them. There are rehearsals of promises in 121, in 132, 133. And there is the blessing of God. And again, this is why uh, we go up to Zion in verse 124, 6, 137, and then 134, which is the climax of the journey where we uh, bless Yahweh uh, out of the temple. Before we begin, just a quick connection of the last three Psalms, 132, 133, and 134. In 132, we have the glorious prospect of Zion. We have written there for us how, how God loves it, how he has blessed it, what is there, their thrones of, of judgment there. Her priests are clothed with salvation, and what a glorious prospect it is. And 133, uh, noting again that these chapters give us context, and I, and I see here, Maybe it's in my imagination. <laughs> it is in my imagination. But I can just imagine him seeing the people of God. You know, they went up to, the, to Jerusalem three times in a year for festival. And so you can just visualize what that must have looked like. The, the horses pulling the wagons, kids running every which way, and just thousands of people converging for one purpose. One purpose, to give thanks to Yahweh. And that's uh, a glorious picture there in, in 133, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. They all came together with one thing in mind, to praise Yahweh. And then in 134, we move to the temple itself. And one of the behold uh, openings, which just simply means look, look at this. As By the way, as we go through, you'll find, I think, four different beholds. So uh, kind of pay attention to those. But it's interesting that in 134, we find them praising by night. And it reminds us, I believe, that we are yet in darkness. We, are, we still live with this, what uh, Paul calls, I believe, the present distress. And, and our comfort in that present distress is that we can go and we can lift up our hands in the sanctuary and bless Yahweh for his uh, goodness as our faithful creator. And I find it interesting that he's referring to God as creator here. And we find that in 1 Peter 4.19, where Peter is talking about um, suffering according to the will of God. And he says, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. It's God as creator in particular that is our comfort in affliction, in persecution uh, for righteousness' sake. Interesting enough, in Psalm 104, 
excuse me, 124, eight, one of our uh, songs of ascents, where he closes that chapter saying, our help is in the name of Yahweh, who did what? Who made heaven and earth. And that chapter is very much uh, full of, of persecution from enemies. So with that, um, just by way of explanation, what I've written out for you, I didn't write it out, I copied it out of uh, Blue Letter Bible. Um, they make it real nice and easy. <laughs> you, you can click on the verses you want and paste them into your, your document. So I took the NASB uh, 2020 version, and, but then <clears throat> I took the liberty of changing uh, capital L-O-R-D to Yahweh, and then I found that one of the references to with capital L-O-R-D is Yah. That's in Psalm 130, verse 3. So when we get to the chapter 125, 130, and 134, I ask that you will stand at that time and read uh, in unison together. Please read the uh, title, A Song of Ascents, because in the Hebrew Bible, that is considered part of verse, or it is considered verse 1. They actually have one extra verse uh, from what our versions would have. The other word of explanation is there are words in brackets. That's what the uh, computer does when it finds italicized words. And so we will read the words in the brackets. Those are words that the translators have added to uh, provide sense to English uh, readers. So, so when we get to 125, 130, and 134, I will ask that you will stand and read uh, with me. Also, um, we will be dismissed after the reading of Psalm 134, and we will leave with the benediction uh, of each other in Psalm 134. Uh, verse 3. And so that will conclude our time together. Thank you for your patience. Psalm 120, a song of ascents. I cried to Yahweh in my trouble, and he answered me. Rescue my soul, Yahweh, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What will he give to you, and what more will he do to you, you deceitful tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior, with the burning coals of the broom tree. Woe to me, for I reside in Meshach, for I have settled among the tents of Kedar. Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I will raise my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? My help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Behold, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Yahweh is your protector. Yahweh is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not beat down on you by day, nor the moon by night. Yahweh will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. Yahweh will guard your going out and your coming in from this time and forever. 
122, a song of a sense of David. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of Yahweh. Our feet are standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem has been built as a city that is firmly joined together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of Yahweh, an ordinance for Israel to give thanks to the name of Yahweh. For thrones were set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of Yahweh our God, I will seek your good. Psalm 123, a song of ascents. To you I have raised my eyes, you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master. As the eyes of a female servant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to Yahweh our God until he is gracious to us. Be gracious to us, Yahweh. Be gracious to us, for we have had much more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had much more than enough of the scoffing of those who are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. 124, a song of ascents of David. Had it not been Yahweh who was on our side, let Israel say, had it not been Yahweh who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the waters would have flooded over us. The stream would have swept over our souls. Then the raging waters would have swept over our souls. Blessed be Yahweh, who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our souls have escaped like a bird from the trapper's snare. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. 125. A song of ascents. Those who trust in Yahweh are like Mount Zion. But remains forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so Yahweh surrounds his people from this time and forever. For the scepter of the wicked will not captives of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, Yahweh has done great things for them. Yahweh has done great things for us. We are joyful. Restore our fortunes, Yahweh, as the streams in the south. 
Those who sow in tears shall harvest with joyful shouting. One who goes here and there weeping, carrying his bag of seeds, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. 127, a song of ascent of Solomon. Unless Yahweh builds a house, they who build it labor in vain. Unless Yahweh guards a city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is futile for you to rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of painful labor. This is how he gives his to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a gift of Yahweh. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. 128, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears Yahweh, who walks in his ways. When you eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, you will be happy, and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall a man who fears Yahweh be blessed. Yahweh bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace upon Israel. 129, a song of ascents. Many times they have attacked me from my youth up, let Israel say. Many times they have attacked me from my youth up, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They lengthened their furrows. Yahweh is righteous. He has cut up the ropes of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. May they be like grass upon the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the harvester does not fill his hand, or the binder of sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say the blessing of Yahweh be upon you. We bless you in the name of Yahweh. One thirty, a song of ascent. A song of ascent of David. Lord, my heart, excuse me, Yahweh, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes arrogant, nor do I involve myself in great matters. 
or in things too difficult for me. I have certainly soothed and quieted my soul like a weaned child resting against his mother. My soul within me is like a weaned child. Israel, wait for Yahweh from this time on and forever. 132, a song of ascents. Remember Yahweh in David's behalf all his affliction, how he swore to Yahweh and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. I certainly will not enter into my house nor lie in my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for Yahweh, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard about it in Ephrathah. We found it in the field of Ja'ar. Let's go into his dwelling place. Let's worship at his footstool. Arise, Yahweh, to your resting place. You and the ark of your strength. May your priests be clothed with righteousness. And may your godly ones sing for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not, await, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Yahweh has sworn to David a truth from which he will not turn back. I will set upon your throne one from the fruit of your body. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony which I will teach them, their sons also will sit upon your throne forever. For Yahweh has chosen Zion. He has desired it as his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her food. I will satisfy her needy with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her godly ones will sing aloud for joy. I will make the horn of David spring forth there. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but upon himself his crown will gleam. 133, a song of ascents of David. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down upon the beard, as on Aaron's beard, the oil which ran down upon the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for Yahweh commanded the blessing there. Life forever. 134. A song of ascents. 